Little honeybees flying around, little green peas from the ground, buttermilk biscuits nice and brown. Bring it to Tennessee farm table, butter beans, peas, beets and chard, chickens running in the yard, catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Cast on skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop in black gang candy stripes. Look at them loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee Farm Table. Welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast, a show that I created to spotlight people in the state of Tennessee who produce, prepare, and preserve regional and Appalachian foods in agriculture. This is your hostess and producer, Amy Campbell. The theme song that you just heard was sung by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine when she was only nine years old, and she is a big star now and has a new album called Family Wars, and we're just so proud of this young Tennessee talent. And today we are setting the table with cured meats, or charcuterie. My guest today is Chef Christian Morish. Christian's job title is Director of Culinary Operations and Foundation Chef at Century Harvest Farms Foundation in Greenback, Tennessee. And he is leading a class at the Appalachian Meat Collective in Newmarket, Tennessee on dry aging methods and how to prepare pork loin into Lonzino, a Spanish-style ham made from pork loin. So today we'll visit with Christian, hear about his work at Century Harvest Farm Foundation, including his culinary workforce development classes, and this dry-age class that he'll be leading at the Appalachian Meat Collective, and that'll be February the 15th at Lick Skillet Farm in Newmarket, Tennessee. And we'll also be joined by the happily retired former food editor of the Knoxville News Sentinel, Mary D.D. Constantine. A little segment about Mile High Bologna Pie. I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate your good company. We'll first start off with Christian's upbringing and how he got into this line of work and a bit about his job title and responsibilities at the farm. Christian, will you tell me a little bit about your background, where you're born and raised? Sure. So I was born in Flint, Michigan, and um, I actually lived in Michigan until I was five and then moved to Southern California. Spent most of my summers going back to Michigan. My family owns kind of a farm-style property up there, and so farm, forest, country was my upbringing. Okay, now your title here is Director of Culinary Operations at Century Harvest Farm Foundation. Yes. What does that job title entail? <laughs> I know that might be a lot to ask. <laughs> Anything and everything. So so I am the also the foundation executive chef and so um, I oversee the entire production side of our production plant 
We have the USDA certified um, butcher room that we do with our charcuterie program. We also have our educational side, um, and we've got a bakery over there. We have, um, you know, a, a FDA operation where we can do jarring, canning. Um, there's catering involved with that as well. And same thing as of late, going and doing news news cameos or whatever which terrify me every single time so <laughs> a little bit of everything so not to mention the fact that being on a farm um, when things come up there there have actually been times when I've slept on a welding helmet um, and walked out of here and had to go do some random <laughs> welding outside or help someone with some some sort of crisis in a field so it, it's it's just life on a farm so can you tell us the products that you produce here on the farm? Our our main product is our is our lacto fermented grass fed beef salami, and so we have our own head of cattle, and we raise um, organic grass fed beef, and um, we take those cows and turn that into amazing charcuterie. We just added two new products to our line. Um, another one is an all beef dry Spanish chorizo, and another is a uh, smoked garlic salami that we're doing. Our dry Spanish chorizo, that's an all beef dry Spanish chorizo. Um, absolutely beautiful product. Um, uh, it's more of a country grind, uh, so larger pieces of fat, larger pieces of meat, and it's just this beautiful red marbling. Um, to, for those to go along with the original salami, our red wine salami that we've done here um, uh, since the beginning, um, it just adds variety to, to our charcuterie plates that we're doing. Um, uh, through the farmer's markets, things like that, that's where we've been selling a lot of our, our, our stuff. We also do small batch like refrigerator pickles, um, some other jams. We're making a, um, our own in-house uh, whole grain mustard. Um, mm. And it just kind of depends on what we're feeling and what the cooks are feeling. And we will just get, come up with ideas. Or if, if okra comes out uh, and we've got some beautiful okra, we'll do some small batch pickled okra. Um, we have hopes to add uh, beef brassola very soon and various other items. First few years, there there was a lot of emphasis on canned, value-added canned things, but y'all are moving away from that a little. Is yes, that right? Yes, that's correct. So we're moving a little bit more away from that, um, and and more or less focusing on the beef. Um, we are looking to hopefully very soon start selling, um, you know, our ground beef, um, dry-aged steaks, wet-aged steaks, um, and other, you know, getting into sausages. Um, uh, we, we've we've played with some uh, some Frankfurter recipes that are really nice, and so Tennessee Valley Frankfurter coming right out right right here. That that would be an awesome addition to what we what we offer. Christian Morish, Director of Culinary Operations here at Century Harvest Farm. Let's take us a small break and when we return, let's talk about all that culinary education work that you do here at the Foundation. Absolutely. Support for the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast is brought to you by Century Harvest Farms Foundation, a sustainable farm raising grass-fed beef, makers of grass-fed old-world-style charcuterie, and home to the community building, workforce developing, food insecurity fighting Century Harvest Farms Foundation. Just a note, last year, they sustainably raised and donated over 18 tons of fresh, healthy produce to people in need in our region. More information, centuryharvest.org. 
Christian also is involved in job skills training at Century Harvest Farm Foundation. They have a 60-day workforce development program offered to participants on the farm in their USDA-approved facility right on the farm in Greenback, Tennessee. And they also train people on how to break down whole carcasses for those who want to learn this trade. Let's hear more about his culinary educational work at the foundation. Folks that may be coming out of, of rehab or, or incarceration that, that are looking to, you know, get life back on track. And so um, on the farm on a whole, we offer three different kind of avenues. One would be like agriculture and um, animal husbandry. Um, the, the second would be um, like small diesel engine repair. Um, we are... Uh, we, we like to break tractors and things a lot out here, so we, and we're pretty good at it. So being able to <laughs> fix them ourselves on, on the farm um, has been helpful, and so we want to be able to give some folks those skills. And then, obviously, we have the, the culinary side here in the, in the production facility, and so um, we... Um, initially, um, when when the folks are out, we have every day that they're here. We have a cooking class, um, and it could be we could be discussing you know quinoa. What is quinoa? Not everybody's heard of that. And what are the you know what's the history of it? What's the what's the nutritional value of it? What can you do with it in different in different recipes and things? Um, or it could be covering safety and sanitation. Um, we may have a day of breaking down chickens and this is how you fricassee a chicken and so um it, so it just kind of it, it it's we kind of play around um to at least you know give people that initial step into you know cooking whether it's going to be at home or it's a start into just learning some basics um that you would use as like a, a prep cook going on into uh, the culinary world and so at the halfway point um, through the program, the participants then get to choose which one of those avenues they want to, to go down. And so if we get um, somebody who says, hey, chef, I really want to, I want to be, you know, a line cook. And so the last half of our program, what we do is that we then tailor those that, that time and they start spending more time up here in the kitchen and less time all over the farm. And so then that's when we start getting into, you know, what are the, you know, basic mother sauces? What are your, your traditional knife techniques? Um, uh, we're going to get them certified, surf safe certified through um, in sanitation. And so that when they can go out into the field, they'll be walking out already with their certificates as food safety uh, managers and and such and so um and so we'll you know get them over there into the to the usda side and and uh, you know and start teaching them the ropes of you know breaking down you know whole carcasses and um which is huge on that side because whole carcass butchery is is such a dying thing anymore and so um getting that 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 knife time basically is is huge and so that's what we do up here <laughs> wow and you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. Our guest today is Christian Morish, Director of Culinary Operations and Foundation Chef at Century Harvest Farms Foundation in Greenback, Tennessee. He'll be leading a half-day workshop on dry aging, charcuterie methods, at the Appalachian Meat Collective February the 15th at Lick Skillet Farm in Newmarket, Tennessee. 
And the premise of the Appalachian Meat Collective is that we've lost the connections with food that were fundamental in past generations. And meat has become just another plastic-wrapped consumer product instead of an animal that is carefully and respectfully raised before just as carefully and respectfully turning it into honest food for the table. At the Appalachian Meat Collective, they offer workshops on a working farm and in a professionally outfitted DIY butcher's kitchen. They believe in the learn-by-doing approach and learning to responsibly raise, butcher, and prepare honest farm-to-table food. Workshops of the Appalachian Meat Collective take place at Lick Skillet Farm in Newmarket, Tennessee, and Lick Skillet Farm is owned and operated by Alex Miller and Shannon Miller. So now let's hear more from Christian about what he's going to be teaching at this workshop at the Appalachian Meat Collective. You were mentioning that you're going to do a charcuterie class at Lick Skillet Farm. I'm, I'm excited to, to be, you know, have the opportunity to go out there. Um, Dr. Miller, Dr. Alex Miller, he, he approached me um, uh, about, you know, he's part of what they call the Appalachian Meat Collective. Yes. And um, it's all about, you know, sustainability and, and, you know, humanely raised pork and beef and, you know, educating people again, kind of where your meat comes from. Um, he invited me to first come to a class and be a participant and wanted to kind of see what it, see what it was all about. But then um, I've also been asked to to give a charcuterie demonstration. But it's it's just an awesome honor to you know have folks that that want to reach out and do that again. Education is is what keeps me in this industry and, and you know the love of food and, and you know sharing this artistry. Um, and, and just being able to, to go and to, to have somebody, you know, openly invite me and say, hey, we'd like to, you know, put you responsible for, for these pupils that are going to come in. It's kind of cool. So it's really cool. When you say teach charcuterie, what does that mean for people who might not know what that is? It's a lot. It's, there's there's uh-huh. so much to it. Charcuterie is, is kind of like a, an umbrella statement to a, a lot of different items that can be made utilizing meats, and etc. And so with salami, um, that, that's that's what we do at the farm. And, and, you know, those ground products and that fermented product has been, you know, kind of what I've had to specialize in. Um, I can't really say that that was my niche thing that I went for. It was also kind of put in my lap. So it was do or die time. So we seem to be doing the right thing. So, <laughs> But one of the things that um, early on in my career um, I was taught was um, a duck breast prosciutto. And when I learned how to do that, when I was brand new to this industry, I fell in love with it and was amazed with the process and so charcuterie, butchery, meat fabrication, all these things have always been in the forefront of my path and career. It's something I've always enjoyed and so, um, you know, and again, being here and having that's what we produce, it's helped me to try new things, um, learn new, you know, new preparations. Um, the class that I'm actually doing at Lake Skillet um, is going to be, um, I'm going to be teaching Lanzino, which is a, a, a Spanish-style um, ham that's made with um, pork loins. So it's exciting to be able to play with new things and do small stuff and, and then, you know, kind of share a little bit. And I'm a realist because there's a lot of new things, and that's one of the things I love about culinary is that you never stop learning. And so to, you know, have that excitement and be able to share that with, with other individuals is, is like the biggest gift of this whole being able to teach this. 
You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. Our guest today has been Christian Morish, Director of Culinary Operations and Foundation Chef at the Century Harvest Farms Foundation in Greenback, Tennessee. He'll be leading a half-day workshop on dry-aging charcuterie methods at the Appalachian Meat Collective, February the 15th at Lick Skillet Farm in Newmarket, Tennessee. And I've linked this event, Lick Skillet Farm, the Appalachian Meat Collective, and Century Harvest Farm Foundation on my site in the podcast notes, tennesseefarmtable.com. And again, this workshop that Christian is leading is a ticketed event, and there are a limited number of spots available. And I've put the link for tickets on my website. So I hope you enjoyed learning more about this really nice guy, Christian Morris, and the good work he's doing. And also, he makes beautiful hand-hammered knives. He's a welder, and I just don't know much he can't do. So thanks for listening to this story, y'all. And how about if we hear this neat little recording from the happily retired food editor from the Knoxville New Sentinel, Mary D.D. Constantine from Mile High Bologna Pie. Say hey, good looking, what you got cooking? How's about cooking something up with me? When it comes to luncheon meat, I have a weakness for bologna. The only thing better than a fried bologna sandwich is a fried bologna sandwich made by my daddy. During a recent trip to the Muddy Pond community in Monterey, Tennessee, I was introduced to a different kind of bologna. Different for me, anyway. It was called Lebanon bologna. Wow. What a wonderful product. It's sweet, it's tangy, it's savory, it's smoky, all at the same time. Of course, I had to do a little research on the lunch meat, and I discovered that it's a traditional Pennsylvania Dutch product that's been produced for more than 100 years, so heck, where have I been? If you're interested in trying some of it uh, and can't find it locally, there are plenty of places online for you to find it, or take a trip to Muddy Pond. They'll be happy to sell it to you. Whether you have the Lebanon bologna or just your standard variety, you can't go wrong by using it in this mile-high bologna pie recipe. I found the recipe from America's Best Lost Recipe Cookbook, and apparently it was created by a young homemaker who was on a tight budget. Here's how you make it. First, set your oven rack to the middle position and set your oven to 425 degrees. Heat one tablespoon of vegetable oil in a non-stick skillet and working in batches, Cook a pound of deli bologna, preferably sliced in about one half inch thick rounds. Once you've got all your bologna browned, set it aside and add one more tablespoon of oil to the skillet. Slice up one small onion and saute that onion in the skillet 
Then you need to take two large russet potatoes that you've peeled half and sliced thin and two carrots that have been peeled and sliced thin. Put those in the skillet and cook them over medium heat for about 8 to 10 minutes until browned. Then add two minced cloves of garlic and a fourth of a cup of water. Cover and cook that baby for 15 to 20 minutes until the potatoes are just beginning to soften. Stir in one cup of peas. I leave that out, but you can do that if you want. And then season the whole thing with salt and pepper. Remove the vegetables from the stove and let them get cool. Now, while they're cooling, you need to make your favorite pie dough recipe. And make enough for a double crust. Roll one 12-inch circle and place in a 9-inch deep dish pie plate. Spoon all those warm vegetables into the pie shell and then arrange the bologna on top of the vegetables. Now, I layer my bologna with slices of sharp cheddar cheese, but you don't have to do that if you don't want to. Cover the bologna with the top layer of pie dough, and then you cut four little two-inch slits into it before you brush it with a beaten egg. Bake, again, 425-degree oven for about 30 minutes. And then you remove it from the oven, let it cool for five minutes or so, cut that baby, and enjoy it. Now, I will tell you the recipe says to serve it with ketchup, but truly, you don't need it. This is Mary Constantine with the Tennessee Farm Table. Thank you so much for joining us here today at the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. It has been an honor to have your good company. We always love to hear from you on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or through the website, TennesseeFarmTable.com. I'd sure love to hear from you and swap some recipes and stories. Big thanks to Emmy Sunshine of Madisonville, Tennessee, for the musical arrangement and singing and recording of our theme song. For updated appearances, schedule, news, and her new recording, connect with Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.